You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. From Chicago, this is the Chabrusa. I'm Avram Kibalevich. And I'm Kalman Warch. Kalman, there are uh, people who are going to remember this last uh, Shabbos and Sunday as football nirvana. There were four games, uh, all of them close. Instead of clunker games where um, you know, one team is winning by 50 points and they're just running up the score and the announcers you know, are talking about uh, the type of neckties that they're wearing. And in these games, they were all down to the wire. The, uh, the, uh, the resolution of the game was in doubt. There was drama. There was snow. There was uh, touchdowns being scored. Uh, in the uh, in Wall Street Journal this morning, uh, an article that keeps on evolving by Andrew Bitton, uh, about uh, this incredible game between the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. In the last 13 seconds, two, each team scores. Incredible. For many people who enjoy this game that you know as American football. Um, and for a while, people are happy. Not the losers, the people who back the Packers, the people who back the Buccaneers, the people who back the Titans or who back the Bills, they're going to have to cry in their coffee for a few days. But the rest of the United States and maybe in North America and maybe in the world, as we know, the, the, these games are beamed everywhere, are saying sports. We love sports. We love watching it. Isn't it magnificent? Isn't it incredible to see the feats of speed, of accuracy, of operating under pressure, of determination and grit, an unwillingness to say die, uh, inventiveness of, of the coaches, strategy. It's something that uh, uh, we know the, the NFL in the United States is the most popular sport, way outstripping what used to be called the national pastime. Or, or basketball, which has its own exciting energy. But it makes us think, I think, Kalman, about the place of sports in our society. We, of course, are not immune. I'm sure... Yeah, I think that, uh, what, what the phenomenon that you're describing, which, which you're right, is, is, is an international phenomenon. And uh, I think that we, as a community... We, we see how this infiltrates and makes and becomes part of the world that we live in. Uh, it, the fact is that its presence is inescapable. Look, and, and people know what games are going on. The people are betting on it. There's office pools and uh, it isn't going to stop. Now, we as Orthodox Jews uh, live in a world where we try to insulate ourselves. We try to create a safe space. We try to create a place where we aren't going with the latest fads. But but I think there's a difference um, that I have seen as a teacher between, let's say, uh, who the Kardashians are getting involved with and the game of the week. 
I think that, that we've done a, a, a decent job in our Orthodox community, not to be goyrous, what is the what the paparazzi are trying to uh, 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 make us interested in. We don't have a problem with, you know, people reading the movie mags or, 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 or checking, checking Yahoo gossip pages. We understand that that is something that is, that is I, not... I'm not sure what you're referring to. I mean, I understand you're making a differentiation between the sports and the athletes. No, no, I'm like, talking about the difference between the, the sp- sp- I'm not getting yet into, into the, to a sports celebrity and a, a, a entertainment celebrity. I, I think that, I don't think we have a problem at all or an issue at all with, oh, people are following uh, what was, people are following what's happening with Katy Perry or with Adele or with uh, Justin Bieber. I think that if I that... think we I think we have elements of that. I think there's there's no question about that that we do, but I wouldn't say it's uh, it's it's one of our big issues. It's fringe. I mean, clearly, if if we do have children and adults that spend hours caring about that, I would say that they represent a small minority of our community. But I think that the the what we call the regular you know regular kids that are in the schools like Ari Crown or in other schools that are considered nice breeding grounds for boys and girls going to yeshiva and seminaries there's quite a, a bit of knowledge about who Roethlisberger is who Brady is who the Manning brothers are who these uh, who LeBron James is uh, Derek Jeter these are names that these kids grow up with the kids go onto recess and they pretend that they are those players. Um, they they have images of their feats of grace and energy and power in their heads when they're playing, and they the same way they, they they're going to know about them. And some of them are even going to know their statistics and going to know about uh, what they've achieved. And they're going to know exactly how old they are and what college they played in. I believe that that is a reality already. Um, now, yeshivas many times, Kalman, do whatever they can to stamp that out. Right? They will, they will, ref- especially around Hanukkah and other times, they'll refer to sports mania as as, as what the Yavonim were about. That this is something that is anti Torah, and it's. Right. I'd say even further, you're connecting it to those Greek gymnasiums, which is what where, where you're going. I, I, I think that's almost natural. It's almost natural for for those who are B'nai Torah, those who are um, immersed in Torah, and those who recognize the Havela volume of the world out there. And, and you you see you see the passion with which some of these kids get lost in sports. And if we could somehow um, exchange that interest, and if we could instead make them interested in, in Elu Matthias in the same way that they're interested in, in, in the, in the, who's going to get the wild card. We would have, we would have in, incredible results coming from these young okay. students. Okay. So and sometimes you have to, instead of fighting, you join. And I think I was a teacher for elementary school kids. I was a teacher for high school kids. What I did, and it was always, a trick was to show enough knowledge in that area to indicate that, hey, I'm in on it and I know it as well. 
but also to use that as a bridge. In other words, I would I, I was able to get students to realize they could remember the difference between a mamatsinu and exerishava, the same way they knew the difference between uh, a stolen base and uh, an infield double, right? You know, they were able to somehow recognize that they knew that this wasn't such just a verbiage that didn't mean anything, that they had the capacity to store it in their heads. Yeah, they, yeah. I've, seen, I've seen kids who believe that they were simply not made for anything involving anything intelligent, and yet instantly, hey, that's the infield, infield fly rule. Right. All of a sudden, they're they're the experts, right? and not, and you feel I don't know who Ravina Ravashi are. I'm not sure if Rav and Shmuel Maroyim are Tanoyim. Okay, well, uh, did, did Dan Fouts play in the AFC or in the NFC? And all of a sudden, they'll know, right? And they'll remember who holds the touchdown record, and which team went unbeaten. So I, I, I show them that that sports and its love of statistics, its love of tradition in some ways could be a parallel to the type of tradition and statistics that we as teachers would like to employ the yeah, idea. You're, of- you're, you're making it sound like a positive thing, but let me ask you, let me ask you seriously. Um, look, what is your goal by making that sports reference? It, is it because it feels like, and I know in your case, you're more thought out than this. So it's going to be more than that, but it seems like in the case of most teachers, it's just, selling out and 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 degrading himself to look up the sports in order to to connect with and i'm not saying you shouldn't um connect to children on their level but i'm saying it, it's not necessarily seen as a as a positive within within the class and yet i i wouldn't see you as the kind of teacher who would do that so what, what's your real goal here? no no so you're right there is there is a, a lower level which is hey i can be cool and you can you you listen to me because i'm not just some stuffy old guy with a beard that doesn't understand you and if i could talk your lingo a little bit and even intelligently you might actually respect that and that that works after a while i think what what i am all about in my teaching, and I don't want this this discussion to be about what I do. Is, no, I, I just, I'm just looking for for okay. the listeners to hear uh, the other perspective because I okay. do think that in most cases it's not going to be this what, what, what you're about to tell us. In most cases, right. I really just think it's just the Rebbe trying to be mechanif, you know, to to, <laughs> to 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 just kiss up to the boys by by making it seem like a guy he's cool somehow. Yeah, what I would say is what I'm trying to do is use the um first of all bring out their potential as i said and to show them that they can they can at that age have a great mastery over numbers and ideas and knowledge which they can apply but also in a way especially one of the things that i think is one of the challenges in terms of talmud learning is to see it almost as opposing teams or as opposing players and recognizing the same way you know that there's the, um, you know, there, there's the way that, I would say, the two superstars from yesterday. There's the way Mahomes plays. There's the way that Josh Allen plays. There's also the way Abaya Varova play. <laughs> there's a certain element of contrast and styles that they're already used to because the, the reportage and what they talk about is about the differences. And in a way, the idea of excellence Achievement of excellence in different ways 
is something that we could point to as something that we can now understand and apply to this area that we're, we're after, which is an intellectual one. But as we know, the Talmud isn't just abstract intellectualism. It's about winning an argument, like the Chavrusa show. Right. It's about. Well, it's, it's, let, let me let me push back at, at you a little bit. I, I think that if we're talking about, let's say, the teacher is looking for an example, he wants to explain concepts of uh, I don't know, positive and negative. So you can use temperature. You know, there's positive temperature and negative temperature. Right? So so that's using life to apply. But there's nothing negative within the concept of temperature. Here, I think there's another issue here, which is that there's actually negative elements within sports that, that the kids are picking up. And I'd be happy to discuss what some of those are. But I think we all understand in general that there's certain negative aspect, aspects of sports. And I, I'm concerned that when the teacher validates sports by using it as an example, look, my, even my Rebbe knows which, which, which college the, the starting five on the Bulls um, each one, which college they came from, because, you know, that they announced that. So my Rebbe knows that, therefore my Rebbe's cool. But who said that the Rebbe should be doing that? On the contrary, what about all the negativity that the Rebbe is now validating and saying, no, no, it's okay to follow the Bulls. Look, I follow the Bulls. And now when such and such a player, I'm just picking one example of the negativity, but when such a player comes out with his position on this, and now the child feels that as part of their loyalty to their team is that they have to stand up to the political or or social position of their particular isn't the Rebbe, aren't you? I'm not picking on you. So isn't whatever Rebbe is sort of validating that? Okay, so you've, I think you've conflated a couple of things here. So let me, let me deconflate it. There is the, uh, the sports um, challenge in itself. And there's a, re- especially in football, I think people are able to do this because the characters that they're watching are helmeted, are, are wearing uniforms that really disguise them as people. And even though you know behind it, you're, you, are, you are probably, you know, you, you, you've seen the person's, wait a minute, you've seen the person's face and you've seen it. But basically what you're able to do in the abstract is recognize them as warriors within a certain austere battleground. And you can use that for example, you so- moved up on my list of people who I would love to watch the Super Bowl with, <laughs> uh, because this perspective, I mean, it sounds a little, I, I, you're, the players are the players. You're saying they're, they're not hidden. We know who they are. They, they- right. But, but the part that you're watching, the part that you can use as a pedagogical tool is the part that is them, not as person, not as their public personas of their individual opinions of their abuse of their spouses of their friends of 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 other things or of their wild uh opinions about social justice and other things i'm talking about lebron and other things as far as that goes and in terms of abusive spouses and other things i'm talking about a whole slew of football players that we know about their private lives. And we know about, because there's so much access today in public media and in, in, in social media, and because of it, it isn't, you don't have to follow the player around. All you need it to do- It sounds like you're defending my position here. <laughs> well, well, look, I, I, I admit that many of them 
are gruff, ugly, uh, aggressive thugs who have been managed to stuff them into a, a, a costume long enough and to dangle the prospect of success in front of them that Those you can manage. Words. They're bad examples. They're just bad examples for our children. Right, but, right, but we are able, I think, hear me out, we are able to see them, especially in football, but even in basketball where you see them and you see Michael's tongue hanging out, right, when he was about, right, you, you can see his face and his energy. We are able to disconnect the, what, what we see on the Who field of play. Me? Who's this we again? Yeah, I think you're able to do that. I think every, I think every, uh, every spectator and uh, can do that. Let me give you an example. Um, I, uh, one of the things that I was in Chicago for was the incredible run that the Bulls had, the 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 period that was um, glorified in um, the Last Dance, which I know you've heard about, which was the HBO. Uh, um, or ESPN, HBO, Netflix combination, which is still, people are still downloading and watching it, which of course is about the six championships that the Bulls achieved. Um, the two they didn't achieve, I think, was during the period that Michael was out the, the, thinking that he could become a baseball player uh, for the Birmingham Barons and other things. Um, but I was there during all those years. And even in the years before, you know, like the years before the championship, as they were trying to become champions, and I think that one of the messages of that, of that, of that period is, is that I'm going to say two of them. Here's the first one. I think it's a great message. Um, Jordan, extremely gifted, incredible. The most exciting player the NBA had seen in years. Ever. Oh, ball skills, flying, but they, they still couldn't get over the hump. What they needed was this Zen teacher, uh, Phil Jackson, and, uh, and, and his assistant, who brought to the Bulls a sense of the triangle offense, which is about passing. It's about setting up. It's about finding the open man. It's not about all hogging. It's not about uh, showing off. It's about attacking the defense uh, a defense and an offense that attacks that defense in a way that that lets everybody get involved, recognizing the strengths of each one. That's such a great metaphor for Achtus about recognizing, not homogenizing things. Everybody knew that Michael had and Scotty were the ones with the super talent, but they knew, oh, we can get it out to Paxson. We can get it out or to Steve Kerr in a later period, and he's going to still hit that shot. And the reason is, is because we work together. We sublimate our desire for glory, personal glory, for the team's glory, and recognizing that you can win with, with brains and not necessarily with pyrotechnical shtick. That itself, and, and, and you could talk about other championship teams. I, I, I hear you. I, I hear you. I, I'm going to... Uh, I hear that sports can be used for the positive. I'm not, I'm not debating But in a way, but in a way, because it's permeates so strongly, Calvin, and because it's on their heads, I got it. That's right. So in other words, you're not telling me that I'm the best guy in this year, which is a lie, but you're telling me that we're working towards something. And you're telling me that, that, and you're also telling the best guy in this year 
that he shouldn't be raising his hand all the time and trying to get all the covet for himself. That part of what makes a, a unit that's a champion is the bulls. You could use the bulls as a way without denigrating the best guy in the shear, but in a way that everybody gets involved and, and using that model as a model of how the class can be successful and how you yourself can be successful in your interactions with other people. I'm, I'm going to split this though. Again, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think you're right that we can use sports that way. You know, it's, it's not just even Michael Jordan needs four other guys. He needs the worm. He needs Pippen. He needs the other guys. I, I get that. But, but that doesn't require the level of emotional investment, that lesson doesn't require the level of emotional investment that kids actually put in. I say kids, I mean adults too, but we're, we're focusing on, on the younger because they're, they're the ones we're responsible for. Right? So, so we, we, um, th- they put in so much emotional investment that I know that you're going to get good things, but you'll never be able to separate between the lessons that you can learn from team building and working together and cooperation and the dedication of Michael Jordan and the effort and the time that he put it. Everyone knows Michael Jordan became Michael Jordan, not because he um, you know, could magically jump, but because he jumped all day. He shot, he shot free throws all day. He shot right. um, three so, pointers all right. day. He, those are great lessons. But in order, if in order to get there, what the kid has to do is build a personal relationship with the idea of Michael Jordan. In the case of Michael Jordan, I think, and maybe Michael Jordan is a little bit before the days of, of Twitter and where, where we know what and my, my particular favorite basketball player had for breakfast that morning. But certainly today, you cannot, you cannot learn lessons from there without emotionally connecting to these players. And our children, the negative effect on them, uh, on them the, the influence that they receive from all, all that's out there, I don't know. I'm not convinced that it's worth the example of working together because you could go elsewhere. Let's, let's talk about a pack of wolves. Okay, one second. You, again, whether, I don't know if people are as into uh, Jordan, uh, into LeBron as they are into Jordan. But even, even. But, they, they sort of are. They okay. sort of are. Okay. I, I think we have a hard time because um, knowing who Jordan was, it's hard to imagine anyone else. But to, today's kids, they see Jordan the way we saw um, Bill Babe Russell. Ruth. Or, or, right. or, or somebody, yeah. somebody from, from the period from way beyond his Right, so history. they see Jordan as that. And they, okay, he's the best. Everyone seems to say he's the GOAT. But, 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 but they do see LeBron in the same way you would have seen Jordan. And because of that, okay. when LeBron says something, we listen. Okay, so I, I think what we could distinguish is, you know, even LeBron, you know, when, you know, his dedication, again, it's not like Jordan's, but we could also, as since we know that our students are, as we say in Yiddish, farchapt with that, we could say, you know how you become great? You become great by getting up at five in the morning going to the gym when no one else is there. And, and as you say, practicing the free throws, doing the layups again and again and again, to the point that, you know, and to the point that you can become great and you can get that re- re- uh, memorizing Shaklabataria in the Sugim, going over and say, yes, I do remember all the different Sukim here. And I know what we brought from each one. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to be able to say where it was Kasha, Teretz, uh, Raya, 
All those things, all all, all those things are I don't know if you're addressing my point. What I'm talking here is about what are you going to do about our children idolizing these athletes and thereby absorbing their morals? Okay, so I have an answer. I have an answer. What I'm telling you, first of all, is they've the ones that are into LeBron the same way they were into Jordan. It's we already get them when they're in a state of idolizing them because of the how prevalent, how exciting, how much the media blasted, how much it's also accepted, unlike movies and other things, sports. And this is another discussion about why so many modern Orthodox and Orthodox in Chicago, specifically communities, are so welcoming of a sports uh, environment, but it's already there. So now what the Rebbe, the teacher, the rabbi, even at the Pope, needs to do is knowing that his audience is there already, instead of acting like they're like you're like yours, like, like I don't even want to talk talk about them, zero in on the success, like I said, of the team, and wait, because they they know about this these battles anyway, and finding the positives there, not just to show you you're cool, but also finding the unique aspects of those great ones. And you're right, we should talk about Rabbi Akiva, who at the age of 40 decided that he's throwing away whatever business he was in, and he's going to go sit down with the children and finally get every, all the learning he was missing. Now, that story carries some weight for some, but I will tell you that most of the American kids are going to get more out of hearing about uh, how Jordan didn't make the varsity team and how he woke up in the morning and how he decided to make himself better. And I think those stories will impact them and and you'll be able to easily make the bridge. I have one more other point. Unfortunately, you're right. Today, it isn't just a Twitter feed about who, uh, what they ate for breakfast. There's also the ugliness. We can, however, find and be discerning and find the players who throughout their communities use their celebrity for great causes, not necessarily causes that we find reprehensible. Now, LeBron, if he was in the show, he would say the causes he promotes are all for social justice. They're all for a positive America. And we think he doesn't know what he's talking about. And he sometimes puts his giant foot in his mouth in terms of things that he said. And some of them have been very bad about Jewish situations as well. So I wanna, let's put LeBron on the side. But there are many and they don't have to be Kurt Warner, who was a, as you know, uh, a religious uh, Christian who was very, very, uh, the causes he promoted were extremely moral. But even if it's... He's not Roberto Clemente, right? Roberto Clemente. Right, Roberto Clemente. Right. But we have people like, but they're still out there. They're still, and maybe it's their agent whispering in their ear, hey, you know what's going to be good for you? Go ahead and make all these, go to these children's hospitals, go to these cancer hospitals, raise money or in community. But they are doing it. And I think that that we we can find those realize that their influence is great. The ones. Well, me, what are we missing? What are we missing that we need this for? What are we missing? Do we not have ways of inspiring our children without going to athletes? We, there, there are there are plenty of other. I'd say scientists. Marie Curie should be an inspiration to our children. Not what's her name, uh, Mia Hamm. Like why? Why is it even a competition? Because they, because they 
essentially are, unless they are science geeks, and there's, there's plenty of them out there, maybe you grew up one as one, but the ones that aren't science and math geeks are finding themselves drawn to these players. And if we, listen to what I'm saying, as teachers, as rabbis, stress their positives, know about their positives, know about the, the, the work that they're doing in terms of raising money, for charity about no, no, visiting. No. You're not, you're not going to turn the athletes into, into moral and symbols of morality. That's not going to happen. Why even not? if you have your exceptions, even if you have your exceptions, the, 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 the great stars, like you said, no one buys that they are just naturally giving people. They, that's part of their image and all that. I don't think anyone's inspired by that. What, what I'm saying is why go there? Why bring it up? Why validate it? Why give it credit? I mean, your, your kids may be into Pokemon, but I don't see any Rabbeim going to catch them all. It's, you, you don't have to know all the characters and all the rare Pokemons in order to be able to I- I- interact with you. I'm saying even if you personally like sports, you have to go there. What are you talking about athletes? Why are you bringing up people who don't belong it, they should not be brought into the discussion. Of uh, I, I disagree with you to. because you have people that have everything and still are out there working tirelessly for causes they believe in. Look, Boomer Esiason, uh, you know, Cad, he was a, a Super Bowl quarterback. I don't think he won, but I think he was, I think he, I think he did play in one. I'm not sure if he won or not, but he, uh, uh, you know, has this foundation for, uh, for children with the disease that his own child has, uh, and he uses his celebrity in order and, and, and he has, uh, in order to generate. Uh, That's mother. great, but why didn't you need to use his celebrity? Why do Why do you need? Do are, you, are we short on inspiration? We, we are. shouldn't be. Because we shouldn't we be. And if we're resolving ourselves to how am I going to get my kids to go to do anything? I'm going to turn to athletes. I mean, I, I, I want to bring this up. Just I know it's not really as relevant. But we have to remember that sports today is a carryover from the ancient gladiator games. There's, there's, that's what it is, right? They still use the same names, tigers and bears. And, and, and you may laugh at this, but I'm quite convinced that the, the more crime there exists in a city, the more wild the mascots happen to be. Take a look. You'll find. And maybe it's just because all the sports teams. I see. Detroit cities. and Chicago have bears and lions. I get it. And, and tigers. Right? <laughs> oh, my. Yes. But I think it's, it is all a carryover from the blood sports of, of ancient times. And, and that. You'll see if there's a touchdown, they'll replay it three times. If there's a hit that knocks someone's helmet off, they'll play it eight times. There's something there. there it's, and I'm not complaining about the violence. That, that's not what I mean. What I do mean, though, is that it's a carryover from that ancient bloodlust um, 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 traditions of the of the Romans and the barbarians going back to time. And even though society has mental out a bit and so we've matured and we we turn it into a, a game and we have protective equipment but the whole concept is not a is not a jewish concept tackle football we don't play tackle football in yeshiva you play touch football in yeshiva it, the, the, that whole concept is 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 just a, a very 
non-Jewish, non-Torah. Well, 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 but you know what? The world is here. And, and, and we didn't. Uh, okay, the Rabbinic Shalom allowed is, us. I'm not trying to eradicate it. It's not the worst thing in the world. I'm saying, why bring it into the classroom? Because, why bring it, it, because it's in, in their the brain. This is what the rabbi is talking about. It's in their brains and it's in their minds. And I'm going to tell you that. You know what else is in their minds? And the rabbi should not be talking about that either. Right? There's all kinds of stuff going on in people's heads. Just but, because people are involved in it doesn't mean we have to turn but, it into but, a but, 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 but unlike right? unlike things that are that are that are lurid and pornographic and other things, this can be handled with this is also spiritually pornographic. It is. It's not healthy for you. Okay. I it's it's a given. I personally Again, I, we had, we had Shiurim to prepare, but a Balabas who, in between his Mincha and Marev, was catching the, the games yesterday, probably came to work this morning, and there was probably talk around the coffee, uh, the coffee cafe, cafe about, oh, did you see those games? Which one do you see, right? And it's already in the atmosphere. I'm not talking about in, 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 in the firmest environment. I'm not talking about the offices of Deer Shoe International of, in Lakewood. I'm talking yeah. about, I would say, and, and I'm not, and, and I'm not, I don't have any issue with someone who casually follows sports. It's entertainment. There should be no difference between watching um, Brady with another one of his attempted comebacks and Thanos trying to um, destroy okay. half the planet. Either way, you're entertained. Watch, but I didn't come home and um, or come to the classroom the next day and say, Raboisa, let's talk about Thanos. And you shouldn't come to the classroom next day and say, let's talk about Tom Brady either. You, you know what? But if you're able to say, look at Brady. Brady refuses to say no. No one's going to tell him he's too old. He's going to still do it. He's still able to. There are people out there saying, yeah, I'm, I'm too old to start Dafyomi. I'm too old to start the beginning things. I'm, yeah. I, I'm finished already. I Again, Brady can... That lesson, yeah, that lesson doesn't require emotional investment. What I'm wanting to know is why we're encouraging, why we are encouraging and even... even uh, I guess encouraging is the right word. Why are we encouraging kids? Because they are ambassadors, and whether they whether it's their agent telling them or not, we, this this society is permeated with this. Let me let, let me give you a reference. You talked about battles. We know that generals were also, in many ways, spokesmen. One of them becomes president of the United States, Dwight Eisenhower. Right, the, the, the leaders and generals, uh, military people have always made the leap from the battlefield and have come into our society to speak to us and give us inspiration. Now, obviously, when you're in charge of, 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 of five million men uh, in, in Europe and you are operating uh, the allied attack against the monster that's trying to destroy the world, that's a little bit different than the fact that you're the home run king. But, a little different. Right. However, we still take people from one area and where they have great expertise, and we, we point to them as heroes, as people that can somehow teach us something about the nature of struggle and being to overcome things. And we can also use their wisdom about how they solve those problems. Look, yeah, I, no, I, no, you're not getting any argument. From I would about. say, right. But, but, but again, I'm. Don't I'm, you believe that Phil Jackson, if he would, if he would be Maguire, would make a great Rosh Hashiva? Don't you think that Phil Jackson, if he, well, maybe the old Phil Jackson, he would be able to, to get the Yeshiva? No, I don't think he would be a great Rosh Hashiva, although he'd be a decent ball boss. 
I'm saying in terms of his attitude towards how a, a, a unit works. Great together. ideas. Listen, I, again, I, I, I'm not taking the position that there isn't what to be learned from it, but but there is to be learned from Phil Jackson just as much as, as there is to be learned from 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 your local heroes as well. It's not just because he happens to be an more famous, but again, look, 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 I said there are geeks. I would, I would always teach people about about how Jordan became Jordan. I think that's that's great. That's a lesson. But Jordan becoming Jordan doesn't mean that I would now, if the if I was given a chance to have dinner with one person alive in the world, I wouldn't choose Michael yeah, Jordan. Okay, you know, you, I would, you, you now, common. You always assume when I say something that I mean much more than I'm saying. No, but I'm not, I'm not thinking. I think the kids. That, that we're talking about here would. I think many of these kids, if they had a choice of, of, uh, of an hour of private time with Chaim Kenievsky or LeBron James, they would choose LeBron James. And I think that that's, that's sad. Well, look, uh, you know, th- we need to teach someone where they're at. And I don't believe that careful vetting of sports figures. I'm not going to emphasize Ray Rice. I'm not going to emphasize Kareem Hunt. I'm not going to emphasize um, Antonio Brown. I'm not going to mention people who I know. Who you just mentioned. Yeah, well, on this program, I mentioned them. All of them were involved in domestic violence. All of them are abusers in certain ways. However, I think a teacher is able to take these figures before they're exposed, who knows, and and, and, and use them as Mishalim in a positive way. And also, again, we, we suffer, Kalman, from hating the Goyeshevelt so much <coughs> that we end up producing Balabatim that dismiss completely any significance of a non-Jew, of being a moral, decent person, and someone you can trust, and someone you can uh, work with cooperatively. Yeah, now, I, I hear you, but I don't think you're. I don't think the place to start dealing with that is sports. I, I want to put it that one more like That's a very easy place to start. No, but I, I, if, I, if, I, if I'm going to tell you about, I'm going to tell you about Lou Gehrig. Here's Lou but, Gehrig. Yeah, that's where I'm going. The the old athletes. <laughs> I think the old athletes, there's a difference. Okay, so, the old so let me talk about the youngest, well, not the youngest, but one of the newest, Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is a such a well, um, uh, he's got his personality so well-developed. He's such a, a, a positive, un- How do you know any of this? Because you read, because, because he did some interviews? Have you ever met him? How do you know where? Because where he, he exudes positivity in every time. I, that's, where, that's where we look okay. at our Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. But my, my quarterback doesn't. My quarterback, uh, Rogers, is, 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 is basically. A, he, you just call him your quarterback. Yes, right? yes. My, the team that I have been following for since I've been six years old, he is not a person that I would necessarily, although he does a lot of tzedakah. He does a lot of chesed. He, does, he has the MAC fund. But he's a person who actually, in a way, is is is, is diva-ish, snipes, uh, uses his intelligence as a way to put other people down. In many ways, is is is, is uh, I, I, he's vindictive. He wants to get people back. He, he enjoys winning an argument at all costs. You have someone like Patrick Mahomes, and, and let, let me. I'm going to say something a little bit different. Mahomes is is, is a biracial child. 
His dad was a, 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 was a, a decent... I don't think identity politics needs to get him. No, no, I, but it does need to get into it. He's it shouldn't. A, I don't think it needs to get him. Wait, wait. He could be a poster boy for a buy of a post-racial world. He's such a, not only so talented, but he takes his talent and he's, he, he has a love of what he's doing. He is a person that, 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 that almost never makes a wrong move in any of his public statements. And I don't think it's because he's so well coached. I think it's because he was gifted by the, the, the family that raised him and his attitude. You tell me you found the football player, football player is a good guy. I'm sure many of them are exceptionally good people exceptionally good people who would give the the uniform off their back for their friend but 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 that that's not that's i don't, I don't think that, that 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 exception is 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 um will will make the argument i don't i, I don't think that Pat Mahomes used okay. this. So, well, if we i mean hear- look at look at all the old athletes in the ancient times all the way back, all the way back in the even in the eighties and nineties, before sports became um, as commercialized. I mean, it's always been commercialized. Before it became as commercialized, before you would have um, um, people juicing up in order to be able to to hit more home runs. Before all that started to happen, there was a certain code of morality. And even though they were violent, you know, they were all tobacco chewing, whatever, whatever, racist but, as well. But, yes, yes. But but they they their their image they were required to keep to a certain and maybe it's because like you said there was there wasn't Twitter there wasn't all that but you go back to ancient times and you think of I say ancient times but Babe Ruth Lou Gehrig Babe Ruth is probably a, a terrible example for people Babe Ruth right? was a foundling from an orphanage who who couldn't resist but you could actually use Babe Ruth in the negative if I would tell. My student I'm using him in the negative, right? But, yeah. but, but that could tell a marshal too, which, which 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 is a greater marshal than let's say some shopsai mafia sharin who they don't know who he is. But if I t- tell my students, boys, I want you to know the difference between the two greatest Yankees. One of them is called George Herman Ruth, and the other was Lou Gehrig. One was known as the Babe, and the other one was known as the Iron Horse. And I want to tell you the difference about them and how they came to meet. And yeah, you, but, but, there, but there you go. You're you're dipping into into pop culture to draw an idea. I don't have any issues with that. I think that's great. Although and, your claim about them being number one and number two Yankees, Mickey Mantle, I don't know. But okay, Let's, okay, all right. Right. There's Mantle, DiMaggio, and maybe no, I don't think DiMaggio. Okay. okay, Mantle and DiMaggio, and let's say, but those are the the two greatest Yankees that people know about. And when people hear about the way Gehrig was put down, the way that Gehrig was dismissed, the way that Ruth had to recognize that there was another person who could hit on the team. And there was someone who was in such a quiet way. Ruth, of course, was gregarious and always trying to, yes, he was trying to get everybody to, you know, and buying beers for everyone and going off on the town, incredibly waking up the next day and still hitting a home run and amazingly quick on the bases. But Gehrig, who was so solid, who never missed a game. And Gehrig, who, who, who despite uh, the fact that people did not want him to overtake Ruth in terms of popularity and the home runs, Gehrig just did his job, was the ultimate team player. Um, it's, it's an incredible story. And I think even though the kids see it as ancient history, it speaks to them in ways that Rabbi Yochanan and Ilfa don't, but eventually will. 
I mean, when I get to Rabbi Yochanan and Ilfa, and we talk about that story, that we could talk about, hmm, we could talk about the yin and the yang, and then move from there. Kalman, the point is, you know as well as I do, nobody gives works with Balabatim with an audience that's not familiar with their information beforehand as much as you do. The bridges that this world has given us, this sports world, there's a reason why the Rabbi Shalom has allowed the leisure time to evolve to a point that sports has become such an uh, incredible, overwhelming uh, part of the world. If we close our eyes to it, if we blind ourselves to it, when it's there, we are not taking advantage of the ready-made misholim that, that are there for us, for the picking. And, and, and they are... I, I hear you, and, and I'm, I would be willing to accept that loss for, for, for the sake of the at least somewhat fending off just the, the overwhelming effects that today, uh, uh, maybe, maybe yeah, you have to see what today when the kids follow sports, it wasn't like, oh, they played it in the radio at night or even the, the, the boy who had a who had a who had a secret radio in, 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 in school. It's not like that today. There's they're they're following and they're, they're rewatching and they're discussing and there's a whole there's a whole world where where following sports today can be a full time job for kids. I, I think that that allowing or encouraging this much investment. I'm not suggesting we fight it, but I'm not suggest. I, I, I'm not okay with us pulling it in. That's my issue. Well, it's already there. And if we could, I agree that in my, in my dotage, I see the hits, they are ugly and terrible. Um, the, the breaking of legs and ankles. When part of sports is watching a person on the ground not being able to feel their extremities you realize that why are we doing this why is it that billions of dollars are going into a spectator sport the people are 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 are, are, in, are in threat of becoming paralyzed every single time they walk onto the gridiron and in ways that part of me is saying we should dissuade this because we are encouraging this violence and encouraging this type of, so I, I, I respect what you're saying in this way, uh, especially despite my love of football, I do find it uh, as I get older, harder to be a person who actually roots for a team that's involved in a sport that people are going to shatter their lives the, the 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 brain damage that these offensive and defensive linemen go through, uh, and 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 not only that, anyone who takes these hits has already been um, certifiably uh, shown by so many scientific studies. The lifespan of these players um, is 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 uh, much smaller than the lifespan of an average person because of the hits and things. Um, it is in some ways, you're right, Kalman, a uh, a, a condemnation and a challenge, a challenge and a condemnation to, to our society that we are so involved. And I could see a, a person hating that and, and saying, but I, I, what I, what I, despite what I'm saying here, I don't think that message is going to be heard. Um, there might be legislation that eventually outlaws this. And, and maybe in 30 years, people will, 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 will look at 
football as, as, as roller derby or as rugby, or no one's going to be into it. But I, I think that that is something that, that needs to, that, that is an area of right. concern. I, I, great, I think the point about, about, you know, the injuries that are caused, yeah, it does make us ask the question, like, that is the reality, they're following sports, but can we stop for a second and think about how stupid everyone is for following sports? And here, I'm okay using the word stupid, right? It's, so, right, it's, not really like, stupid, we... You're watching other people play a game, and you're taking it personally. And you, you, really, you're taking it personally. Like, when, when someone, when the ref doesn't make that call, I now hate the ref. If someone would give me a knife, I would, I would, I would shmuel to agag him for, for, for that missed call, okay, so, right? So, here, okay, well, here's our last little point of disagreement. Um, and I think we've made this point in other arguments and other shows, perhaps. Uh, look, you can get your kishkas involved during the game, but then you walk away. Most of us have seething emotional issues. Now, you're right. A balmusser can, can smooth them out, can elevate it, can uh, eradicate it. But most people, if they don't, and if they're able to get their anger, their excitement, in a game, so that was their that was their moment to really bottle the emotions and feelings. And now the game is over. They realize that the person has lost, has won, and they can move on. Um, and and, and, and I nice. think it's sports. A, sports is a meditation. I'm sure it could work, but that's just not what's happening. Uh, there are people whose whose anger can be unleashed on the ref, but when they're out on the street, they're not angry. <laughs> their anger is reserved for the ref who, who blew the call. And even then, they know that it's just, a, a, it's like an avatar. It's like putting on the, 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 the special lenses and escaping into this place, going through those emotions and feelings, and then taking them off and getting on with their life. But at least they, yeah. had, they had that moment. And uh, I, I don't see it. And the crime statistics back up what I'm saying. Because during the periods that these sports uh, events are being held. There are less murders, less armed robberies. There's yeah, I don't know if that proves anything. It just means people are occupied. The question is whether 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 there is if there's missing sports. If the sports would be canceled, would, does the crime rate go up or down? I think that would be the test. Uh, but but I hear you. I I mean it's certainly true that if we can get a game every night and keep people in their homes, why not? All right, come listen. You know, the overtime rules are being argued about in light of yesterday's game. As you know, Mahomes got the ball first and went down the field and scored a touchdown. Allen was never able to get out there. We've already entered the overtime period of of, of our program today. So um, uh, at this point, we're uh, fumbling <laughs> for possession. <laughs> All right, look, uh, w- w- maybe we can at least uh, kick some sort of last minute shtoch to each other. Uh, and, and somehow, uh, you know, come out as winners. Uh, he's the the ultimate uh, champ, the, uh, <laughs> the 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 MVP of our program, and, Rabbi Warch. Yes, and the All Star and All Pro, uh, Rabbi Avram Kivilevich. Uh, ready, ready to be. Entered into the Hall of Fame soon. Take care. We'll see you next time. Be well. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.